Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Man, he's so good, isn't he? He's so good. You know what I want to do right now? I want to ask if there's anyone who has maybe a testimony or a praise report. I've been talking about um, putting the word into action and applying a scripture and allowing God to work in your life. Maybe you've seen something where God's done something as a result of doing that. Um, Does anyone have anything you want to give praise to God for? Yes, come on up, Alan. Well, I've just been, uh, <clears throat> I was talking with Daniel actually today about it, but I've been feeling really convicted in my life. And, uh, you know, in Revelations, he says, you know, come back to your first love and do those deeds that you did at first, right? It's not just come back to your first love, but do those deeds you did at first. And I, and I realize, you know, like, because we, we had some things, different things that happened in our lives, you know, split with the church and whatnot, and, and it just caused me to kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? There was good things, bad things, and I just threw it all out, and I went, ah, you know what, and just start, I wanted to start fresh. But I realized I slipped back into things that I, I stopped doing for, you know, God, that God convicted me on, right? And so, uh, just recently, like, I deleted everything off my phone. I deleted Facebook, I de- which is a big part of my business, huge part of my business. 90% of my business is through Facebook, right? So I, I just felt like, you know, because I'd go on there to look for trailers or whatever, and then it would just be like, oh, well, look at that video, and then I'd be caught. And I would just, and that was a stronghold in my life prior. I loved movies, loved video games. So I was like, no, deleted it, deleted everything, Netflix, all that, and uh, I feel great. I feel fantastic. I, you know what, it's like, and I know the hardest part is like, it's always great at first, right? And then there's the hard part to come. But you know what, you have to relish in the, in the good so that you can make it through the bad, right? And so I, I definitely, I've been feeling great and I'm thankful that God's convicted me on it because like there's, there's those things in our lives like you, you've been talking about, right? We just allow them to get in the way and then we're wondering why we're not moving forward and so i like for me that's been a huge thing so i'm really thankful to have that conviction on that and it's like it's just been a great time let's pray for you alan so lord i just thank you i thank you for alan and god i thank you i thank you for this work that you've started in his heart and i god i thank you for bringing him back bringing him back to that first love and to those deeds those things god that he knows that you have asked him to do and I just thank you that you, he's taken that first step. And you said that if we um, draw near to you, that you would draw near to us. So I thank you for bringing him into a, just a new freshness and a new, a new strength and a new power, God, that you have for him. And I thank you for this new season that you're going to bring him into. Thank you for your blessings and your grace to be able to walk this out in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes, is there anyone else? It's always encouraging, right, when we're hearing God working in our lives. And um, I'm going to give 
Mustafa can't give this praise report. Can I give you a praise report of your court date? The For those that didn't know, um, he's kind of going, I'm sure it's okay. I've already put it on Teams, but not everybody is on Teams. So um, uh, Mustafa, there's three main things that he's been, um, we, we've needed. The court date, it was, of course, critical. Well, he got one October 19th. He has a court date. So that's a good thing. <laughs> He's clapping. I know understand. You do, you do understand. <laughs> and um, so, yes, so October 19th. So please be praying for that because, um, it, the, you know, of course, he has the lawyer and is working through all that stuff. But, um, you know, you got one chance at court. So. Um, we've got to pray that that goes through. The next step for that after that is he, if they accept him, which we're believing they will, um, he applies for landed immigrant status for him and his wife and his children. And then we have to wait for that to go through. And that can take six months to a year, but we're believing for that to be quicker. Amen? So that's the next step there. Then his um, mechanics... uh, he has Red Seal um, mechanics license. Um, it's actually supposed to be recognized all over the world. Well, we had to send in all the paperwork for that with the Ontario government to approve it. So it's been approved, but now he has to write an equivalency exam. So that's the next step. So he basically has to write that to prove that he knows what he knows. So that's supposed to happen September 7th or later. If, it, if he's not ready for the test quite at September 7th, it can be pushed further back. But at least that's in the works. So once he gets his certification, he'll be a fully licensed mechanic in Ontario. And that's what we're believing for. Amen? And then um, he has a house that he is moving into September 1st. He has his own little place. So... I'm taking your thunder, Mr. He's excited. <laughs> so it was funny because he wanted to be downtown. He likes to be around people. Turkey, there's lots of people. So he was like, that's where he wanted to be. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> anyway, we got a place down there and a nice place downtown. So right by the water as well. So you can go walk by on the water. He likes to do that kind of thing. So anyway, it was good. So he's got that for September 1st. So those are three good praise reports there. Thank you for praying, those of you that have been praying. So is there anyone else? Any other testimonies, praise reports, something that God's working in your life you want to encourage others with? Yes, come on up, Michael. Oh, um, so kind of something that God's been working on in my life um, is coming back to a heart of worship. Um, and uh, as a result of that, I've actually um, written a few songs, actually, that have come out of that. And uh, I'll just give a backstory of one of them. Um, so one of them is uh, about um, Hagar, the servant of Abraham, who Abraham had Ishmael with. Um, and then it was actually... I don't know. I can't remember if it's Sarah or Sarai at that point. I know her name changes, so I'm pretty sure it's Sarah at that point. Um, but uh, she's, like, mad at her 
because she's kind of had contempt towards her because she wasn't able to have kids. And so as a result of that, she kind of put that on Hagar, and so much so that Hagar ran away. Um, and as she, was, as she ran away, she ran into an angel, and the angel spoke with her and kind of taught her to submit to authority. But in that place, she um, called that place the God who sees me. And I don't know why, but that really struck me. Because sometimes in life, you know, you go through life and, and you feel like, you know, you're struggling, you're doing the best you can, but sometimes you feel like it's not enough. And, but he sees you. You know, he sees you in that place, and, and he knows the effort that you put in, and he sees the hard work that you're going through and, and the things that you're going through, and, and he loves you. And so, anyway, that's kind of one of the, the songs, kind of the backstory, one of the songs that I wrote. So just, um, I don't know, just know that God loves you and that he sees you. Amen. Amen. That's so true. And we got to remember that. So many times we, we live in such a driven culture that we just, it's like the chase and it's like the, we don't realize how much of it, like even in our serving God, so much is about what we can do for him and not what we can do with him. Because it changes everything when we realize we're doing it with him. Because then we know he does see us and he is there with us in everything that we do. But so many times we're doing things to accomplish things, to either please him, we think it, and it makes him happy when we do things for him, but we're doing it with him, for him. (laughs) Amen. And it's all about him. And uh, I wanted to prepare us for. Next weekend is a really important Sunday. Even though we're not having a service here, we're having a different kind of a service. We have the privilege of inviting our community to come be a part of the big church family. And last year we were surprised we had over 200 people show up. And they came out of nowhere. We're just like, where are they all coming from? We're like, are we ready for this? And, you know, but they came. And of course, we can say they came for food, but they've come for more than that. And we can give them more than that. Because a hamburger and chips and a drink is one thing, but there's a far more than that. They're looking for family. They're looking for something more that they don't even know, many of them, what they're searching for. They don't know. They feel like they're forgotten. Many people do. They feel like they're not good enough for God. And that God doesn't see them. But we have the privilege of letting them know that they're loved, that they're, they're, they're valued. And I want to go, just go to Corinthians. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians because Paul was talking about, and this is our most important ministry, is the ministry of reconciliation, bringing people back to God. And that never stops. That's every day, all the time, 24-7, wherever we are, we are always looking and seeing, God, how can you bring people? How can this person come back to you? Looking for an opportunity where God would have you minister to a heartfelt need that we're 
God could touch that part in that person or some opportunity. But we have to see life that life, that's what this, that's what we're here for. And in Corinthians here, it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to read uh, the whole chapter. So, and <clears throat> it says here, for we know that when this earthly tent <laughs> someone's shouting me down while I'm preaching another preacher's trying to preach me down <clears throat> it says for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down that is when we, we die and leave this earthly body we will have a house in heaven an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands amen we grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not... <clears throat> our, wait, where am I here? For we will... Yeah, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Amen? And how many can identify with that? You've got that, it's this groaning. It's like, you know, you know. there's times you just, you, you want to be in heaven. It's like, earth sucks sometimes. I'm sorry, but sometimes it does. Some of the things you face, you're like, I just want to be in heaven right now. But really what we're saying is we want this to be swallowed up in life. And um, that's a better way of putting it. <laughs> but it says here, um, we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Amen. And, you know, I just wanted to, two things I want us to pray for, I want to bring up right now, um, because it goes along with this. Um, there, there was two passings that happened this week um, that I'm aware of, of course, we, that are church-related here in Barrie, um, is uh, Ben's mother passed away. Now, she was a believer, so thank the Lord she's in heaven with Jesus. She's more alive than she's ever been. So... Um, but I mean, there's that that you, you deal with, and 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 then um, I was at a funeral for a pastor in a church in the city, and um, you know it's tough having to face these these death because we don't understand it, and and especially when it comes with sickness because we know Jesus doesn't bring sickness, and you know why did this healing not happen? And we we grapple with all these things, and you know, good, was there not enough faith and all these different things, but bottom line is this. We were not created to die. We are created to live forever. And death eventually gets swallowed up in victory. And whether sickness takes a person or not, a person at some point knows where they're going when they know Christ. And they go. They go. And so, but it's those that are living and I just, I'm, I'm thinking of them right now, and I, I know even um, Daniel's uncle passed this week. Passed, I think. So, 
we, you know, you have to process these things. And, and so I want us to just pray for those right now. And so, God, we just lift up um, Ben and his family. And, and God, we lift up um, Harvest Bible Chapel as they're going through this death. And, and um, the Francois family that are having to deal with this loss. God, we, we, we pray for, for Daniel, for his family that's dealing with this loss. And God, we thank you that you are the God of all comfort that brings us comfort in, in every trial and everything that we face. God, you can bring comfort that no one else can bring because you understand more than no, anyone else understands. So, God, I pray that you would bring that comfort, you would bring that healing where healing is needed. God, I thank you that through this that you will bring people to yourself as they are facing um, mortality and looking at it. That they would, they would, their eyes would be open. That they would see God. That you love them. That you have a, a, a an eternal home for them. That you have prepared. So we thank you for salvations that you are going to bring. We thank you for your, your just your, your redemptive, healing, power. To be seen. We thank you that death is swallowed up in victory. And this is the assurance that we have. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we're going to read on in Corinthians here. In 2 Corinthians 5, 6, it says this. And so we are always confident. Wow. Wow. So that means we can always be confident. And because the Bible says that we can be confident of this, that he that began a good work in us will complete it. Amen? But it says, so we can always be confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. For we walk by faith, another translation says, and not by sight. Aren't you glad? There's some things we look at and we're like, am I still looking at this? <laughs> because uh, we know that God can change it. And it says here, yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is one thing, to please him. Amen. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. And we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we have done in our earthly body. That's why we can't point a finger at someone else and say, they made me do it. They made me do it because we're going to all stand before God and God's going to say, what did you do with that? We all have to give an account. But thank God for the precious blood of Jesus when we've made a mistake. Cleanses us. Amen. He redeems us. Then it says, because we understand our fearful responsibility for the, to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Amen. And I think this is the thing that I think a lot of us lose as we, we forget that 
we have a responsibility. We all stand before God. And people live as if there is no God and as if they have no regard for him. But that's not reality. And we have a responsibility to bring that awareness. Not in a mean, rude way, but in a way that people begin to see that there's something more than just what we're living for now. It says, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than a sincere heart. See, it even happened in those days. There were people going around and they had all these splashy ministries and and it was this and that, but it's like Paul's like, well, the bottom line is this. We've got to get to people's hearts and we've got to get them to be looking at the right thing because we can get all off on little tangents of this and this and this and they're all great, but the bottom line is we all need to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We all need to walk in his holiness. We all need to live a life that pleases and honors him. Amen? So he says here, um, if it seems we are crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, you know, when we are next weekend, we're going to have an opportunity to be with a lot of people um, that um, don't have any understanding of Christ. Um, I, I was surprised at our some of our encounters weekends when we did the cross session. Some of the ones, Maddie, when she came, had no understanding of what Jesus had done at 14 years old and did not know the reality of it. And there are many. We seem to think, like I grew up with Bible stories. I grew up, how, how many grew up with Bible stories and Different things you think, oh, just everyone knows that. Lots of people don't. They don't even have a, a, a basic understanding of it. And so we have the opportunity to bring that, just that light, that love. We walk in that. And we have that opportunity to share that with everyone that's around us. We can have opportunities to pray for people. If they're, you know, talking about an area that's a problem or something, just Say, you know, can we pray for that right now? Because they're coming to a church barbecue. Right? We pray. Right? It's not a time for us to go sit in a chair away from the crowd. It's time for us to get into the crowd and start touching people's lives and start looking at each person and seeing that they have value in God's eyes. And God, what do you have for them that you want to bring to encourage them, to strengthen them, to bless them? Amen? 
Because this is what Paul is saying. Look, it's not about us living for ourselves. It's about what Christ did. And then he says this, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought, verse 16, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view and how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Amen? The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Isn't that awesome? And isn't it great? We can look at others and we can see, you know, what God has for them and that it's got no bearing on their past. Their future has no bearing on their past. And that's the awesome thing with God. And it says that all of this is what? A gift. A gift. Freely given. Amen? And this is the good news that we bring, that when we're talking to different ones and we're ministering to different ones, that we can let them know, look, Jesus paid the price for it all. You do not have to carry your guilt and your shame anymore. We can be bold about it because we know that. They may not believe it, but they'll. the Holy Spirit knows how to minister from there. I remember uh, Carol Karnacki, she's this witch, uh, that switched. and But before she switched, she was very dark and very into all kinds of stuff. And this little old lady, she was walking down the street one time, and she's like, you know, evil. And this little old, sweet little old lady, she goes walking, and she passes her, and she stops, and Carol looks at her, And the old lady just looks her right in the eye and says, Jesus Christ can set you free. Just as bold as anything and just new. And Carol walks away and she says, who the hell is Jesus Christ? And she walks away. But guess what happened? That night, Jesus Christ can set you free. Jesus Christ can set you free. The Holy Spirit kept echoing that in her head. Jesus Christ can set you free. Jesus Christ can set you free. Jesus. And it got to the point that she had to seek it out. And God brought her to a Benny Hinn meeting. Benny Hinn calls her out. And he declares one drop of blood. One drop of blood. And she was completely delivered. Completely set free. Completely healed. And she had all kinds of things. But one person, one sentence, one truth. We don't realize the power of the gospel when it's declared in love and in sincerity. Amen? Not talking about preaching condemnation and getting down people's throats. When you love on people, God will speak through you. When you just step into that, that that heart of love, that heartfelt need, because everyone has it. When you allow your heart to begin to reach out to a person, the Holy Spirit will show you what that is and what to speak into that person's life. So let's believe for that. Amen? Let's be a church that brings that life. We're not just giving them a hot dog and chips. We're giving them more than that. Amen? And a gift card to Walmart. 
We're getting lots registering as a result of that, so if you want to win it, you got to register. But it, it's good. It's good. But this is what our ministry is. All of this is a gift from God, verse 18, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That's our task. It's the one thing God has said. You've got to bring people back to me. What is it, the first thing? You know, you talk about going back to first love. I know for me, the very first thing when I got saved, when I totally gave my heart to God, is I wanted to bring others. That was the immediate first thing. Someone else has got to come. Amen? Why? Because that's the heart of God. He wants everyone to come in. So what, it's like, I found this great gift. I want someone else to have it. But where do we lose it? We lose it in the life of, I can get this, I can get this, I can get this, I can get this, I can get this. We lose it with the cares of life and the worries of this world. We got to let those things go and come back because we are been given the task of reconciling people back to God because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Amen? No longer counting people's sins against them. This is what we got to remember. And some sins, I just look at some situations and sin is getting, it's not darker. It, the effects of sin are becoming more and more prevalent. Sin is sin in God's eyes. But people's lives, you, you really see the destruction more and more and more. And we have to be able to see past that, that that's not against them and it's not counted against them, that the blood of Jesus is more powerful and that the love of God is greater. Amen? Than everything that we're seeing in front of us. We have to see what God sees is he's not counting all these things against people. And it says, and he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. Amen? You can come back to God. That is, the, that is the wonderful message. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Amen? And so there needs to be this. I remember, you know, for me, when I, when I was in high school and we definitely, we were bold in our faith at our school. And it didn't matter who it was. We were like, no, you got to come back to God. And, and some of you have heard the story, but my brother was one of the biggest drug guys in the school at the same time. So you got the Jesus freak and the drug freak brothers in school together. And... And I would be bold with his friends, and I'd say, no, my brother's coming back to God. He's on a path that's, he, he needs God, and he's going to preach to you one day. And they'd throw me up against the locker and tell me, shut up. And I didn't care. I was like, no way. You know what? You don't know. You don't know. It's like, yeah, because I was pleading with them, come back to God. 
So many times we back down. We're like, oh, 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 what if they don't like me? Who cares? It's not about them liking you. If someone's in a fire and they're asleep and they don't know the fire's going on, but I'm well aware of the fire's going on, and I drag them out, and they don't like me because I've woke them up and because I'm dragging them out, but I care about their life, and I'm going to drag them out. And I'm going to do whatever I can to wake them up and to get them out of that fire. Amen? That's the urgency we need to have. That's the pleading that God is talking about. Come back to God. Because the Bible says that we call upon the name of the Lord while he can be found. This life. And we don't know when that is. We've seen some sudden deaths. This young pastor was 47 years old. Now he lived full out for God in those 47 years. And he made his life count in those 47 years, but he didn't know it was going to be taken that soon. And it wasn't, why, why, why? No, he lived for God full out. That's what's the important thing. To the end. That's the important thing. And this is the thing that we have to allow God to bring us back to, is the reality of of our life. Our life is to bring people to God. Period. That's our greatest ministry in everything that we do. And pastoring, my end goal, bringing people to God. It has to be. And it says here, we're going to end with this, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be a sin offering for us. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen. He became our sin offering. So we thank you, Jesus. What time are we at? Okay. Let's stand. So, Lord, we just, I want us to just, uh, we're going to pray over next weekend. We're going to pray for those that are, um, are going to be coming. God, that God would prepare their hearts. God would prepare our hearts to be able to minister, to be able to bring Christ. We're going to have church a different way next week. So we're going to need all hands on deck. We're going to be calling, setting up different groups this week, organizing different ones, um, because we've got a little, all kinds of different things that we've got to take care of. But our main task in all of it is to bring the love of Christ to every person. We have opportunities to pray, where we have opportunities to speak into their life, whatever we can do, but we want to bring them back to God. Amen? So, God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for what, first of all, you did through us through Christ. We thank you, Jesus, for the price that you paid for our life, that you paid it completely. Jesus, we thank you. And of those that are listening online, those maybe that are here that I, I don't know everyone here, but if, if you don't know Christ, you can just open your heart to him and you can receive him. He loves you. 
He died for you, and he's waiting for you to receive what he did. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I receive what you did for me on the cross. I thank you that you paid the price for my sins, that you forgive me, and that you set me free. So I thank you, Jesus. If that's you, just open your heart to him and just receive his perfect love and his perfect forgiveness. Just touch those hearts that are opening up to you, Jesus. And Jesus, I ask that you would bring us back to that place of that first love, that those works of just bringing people back to you, Jesus. Being so grateful for what you did for us and knowing that you can do it for others. So Jesus, I ask that you would give us your heart, your heart of reconciliation, that urgency that people can be brought back to you and that people can know you. Help us to have that same urgency in our hearts. Help us to have that compassion and that love that you have. We thank you that it's your kindness that leads people to repentance. And I ask that your kindness and your love would be poured out through us next weekend as we minister to every person that you bring to us, God. We thank you. Help us to show your love and your kindness. God, we thank you for opportunities to be able to pray. We thank you for opportunities where people's hearts will be touched by you. We thank you for your words to be spoken through us. We thank you for your love to be poured out through us. We thank you for lives that will be touched by you, Jesus. I pray that you would be seen in the midst of all of it. Jesus, that you would be lifted up and that you would draw people to yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.